0: Episode 433 of Cinematary I'm your host Zach Dennis and I'm here with Jess And in today's episode we're going to be continuing our Ernst Lubitsch series We're going to get lubed up one last time
1: I love to get lubed
0: One last time (laughs) One last time (laughs) One last time With 1946's Clooney Brown Um, And in part one we're going to talk about movies that we saw this week But First, a little reminder, get some TIFF reviews, get some reviews of Glass Onion, Fablemans. It's out now, Decision to Leave. Those movies are out now. If you watch them and you're like, I need, but I don't understand I need more. go to Cinematary.com. We got some reviews up on that. Uh, but Let's go ahead and jump into, let's jump into some movies that we saw this week. I'm going to kick us off, I'm going to kick us off real quick after I check my microphone. I'm going to kick us off with... Um new release and that is Triangle of Sadness which won something at Cannes is it The Palm The Palm The or, or The Palm The Palm The Or Do
1: you like my Triangle of Sadness
0: Oh where is it There you go it's that's kind of about the level of complexity of this movie Yeah The Palm The or. <laughs> Um Palm Door Anyway, so Triangle of Sadness. It's the newest movie by Ruben Ostlund, uh, who is the Swedish filmmaker. He's most probably most well known for Force Majeure. He also did the movie uh, The Square, which is kind of lampooning art dealers in the art world. A couple of years ago, this is his latest. Um, it's, it's this one. I say it's a little longer. It's just two and a half hours. But this one, it's kind, of, it's broken up into three chapters. The first chapter, you meet Carl and Yaya. Uh, they're both models. Yaya is a little bit more famous. She's kind of, uh, she's like an Instagram influencer. Um, and and the this first chapter is just kind of meeting this couple and they're dynamics and their relationship and things like that it's you know it's kind of like we're together but also there's like it's more of like kind of a business decision over anything um and it's just like this really excruciatingly long hour of commentary like the commentary is pretty much just like rich people suck and you're like yeah dude like we know that i mean sure but like what else and it's he's just like that's all i got i just got rich people suck and you're like okay because um, he spends a lot of time, like, le- you know, making fun of, like, the vapidness of and and how, like, hollow, like, the fashion world is and, like, the Instagram, you know, the pers- person's whole job is just taking photos for Instagram and things like that, um, which I'm, like, I'm fine with. But at the same time, for this hour, it, it doesn't really – it's it's not really that, like – I don't know it it doesn't really hit that much just kind of it literally has like the intelligence of like rich people suck and it's stupid that you just take pictures on instagram and that's your whole job and you're like yeah it's kind of dumb but okay like what else do you have to say and he's like that's it um and then the second part they're on this yacht flashes up um and uh carl and yaya are there as well they're she's doing it for like an influencer thing and it's just this this luxury lo- uh, yacht that's filled with all of these super, super uber rich people. There's a Russian oligarch. There's, like, these British arms dealers. Um, and this, it kind of, like, tries to get into this whole dichotomy between, like, you know, a little bit of, like, the, the, the rich people and the help. Um, because it really, but it also but it also has, like, these two layers of, like, there's the rich people, there's the help. But there's the help that, like, is, you know, below the rich people, but, but but not entirely, like, super struggling. And then there's the help that's, like, the, you know, predominantly Latino, um, you know, Hispanic kind of, like, the, the people who are actually having to do the, the jobs that even the other part of the help doesn't want to do. And so it kind of, like, creates this dichotomy between those three places. Um because it you know it has this scene where like the, the the real people who are actually doing all the work are like down below just kind of waiting to do jobs and are just kind of like fuck this but then you have they have this scene where like the other people are on top of it the other servers and waiters and people like that who are all excited because they know they're gonna get this like big fat bonus from these rich people if they make their you know their trip amazing and so the next 30 45 minutes or so is, um, it's them on this yacht, and it's a lot of, like, scenes of the rich people, like, you have this one woman who's the wife of the Russian oligarch who's, like, trying to get one of the women who works there to, like, join her in the pool and, like, enjoy it a little bit, um, and blah, 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 and you have um, the Russian oligarch who's just kind of just, you know... Rambling on about all the money he makes, he talks about how he got rich selling shit because he sold like fertilizer. And it's just kind of you have all these, like, you know, these innocuous conversations of people, you know, just kind of being obnoxious rich people. Um, and then at one point, they like get this idea to have like all the people who work on the ship join them, like at the pool, and everybody, like, or uh, and everybody like goes like in the water and like has this whole moment and that's the same day that they're supposed to have like this very lavish, extravagant captain's dinner. Um and so they're like, no, you have to go, like, they want the, the rich people want us now, so we have to go immediately, so they like have to leave the food and everything. And so rather than, like, you know, having, you know, starting to cook the meal and having the oysters refrigerated and things like that, they just kind of, like, leave the food out. So the food kind of goes bad to a degree. Um, and then it moves on to this captain's dinner, where who the captain's played by Woody Harrelson, who is easily the highlight of this movie for like 20, 25 minutes. Um, And there's like this, you know, this lavish dinner where you have all these super rich people. You have a a storm going on outside the boat starting to rock and you have these rich people who have, you know, oysters that have been sitting out and other like seafood items that they're eating that is causing them to be sick. And so, um, just kind of think of like a combination between that scene in Monty Python where the guy is like super fat and is like is like vomiting everywhere slash the scene from Bridesmaids where they eat the bad food and they're at the bride at the the dress shop it's like a combo of that together for about 25 minutes they're like at least 20-25 minutes um which shitting and farting exactly I mean there's like there's parts where it's coming out of everywhere it's just and so and like that's I mean that's it's funny for a while you know p- p- pooping pooping and, and vomit and farting's funny. Just
1: is that what but is that the movie like is it a movie that's like just a funny haha poopy movie
0: well I think the thing is just supposed to be like it's like taking the piss out of like these are these ob- uber rich um very like decadent, you know, like ritzy people, and they're like now, now, like they're sitting on a toilet, shitting themselves and vomiting on the floor. Um, and that's like the joke. Um, and I mean, it's fine. At the same time, you have this, like the best part of the movie is this, uh, you have this back and forth between Woody Harrelson's character and the, uh, Russian oligarch character. Cause the Russian oligarch is like this proud capitalist and Woody Harrelson's character, re- uh, um, uh, reveals that he is this Marxist and they're like having this like philosophical back, back and forth while they're drinking and playing cards. And so then they got like, to get to this point where they're just like raging drunk and they're, like, quoting back lines. They're quoting back quotes at each other. And, like, uh, at one point, the Russian oligarch is, like, quoting Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan to Woody Harrelson, who's replying with, like, um, Angela Davis and uh, Karl Marx and things like that. It's, just, it's, it's, it's a little bit, like, it's a little, uh, it's very on the nose. But also, like, I think what sells it is just Woody Harrelson is very charming um, and makes it a lot more entertaining. But then all of this happening, the storm's happening, people are vomiting, and and uh, then this, this uh, for whatever reason, I don't know why they didn't just, like, crash the ship. So they didn't crash the ship, they just have, like, these um, pirates, like Captain Phillips-style, come and, like, bomb the ship for whatever reason. So then the rest of the movie, the last like 45, 50 minutes of the movie is literally a, you know, whoever survived that whole ordeal is stuck on this desert island and it becomes super boring again. Um, And I don't know, last week I talked a little bit, last week I was talking with Andrew about um, the menu, which is another like eat the rich, rich people suck you know kind of social satire thing and this one did
1: you like that one no nah, i
0: fucking hated that movie no? um this one's not okay. this one's a little <laughs> bit better thanks to woody harrelson um but is also i, I just i'm kind of sick of these we really got to think about these eat the rich movies like again like not against the topic because inherently rich people do suck even though people say that and then they kind of want to be rich and i'm like no um but I, you know, to me, it's just not. To me, if the if the whole thing is just rich people suck, here's them vomiting. You're just like, I mean, okay, like it's you know, it's kind of like a very surface level. Like, yeah, this is kind of funny for like five or ten minutes, but then it just keeps going. And like I, I, mean, I was talking with people after the movie about, and they were like, "You didn't like it," and I'm like, "Yeah, I just really never said anything." And they're like, "Well, I didn't have to say anything. it; could just be entertaining." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's entertaining for 20 minutes, but then it's a you know two hour and a half movie, so you have two and a, two hours and 10 minutes left, and the rest of it is just it's just boring. It's very dry. It's just it's constantly just kind of beating you over the head with." Um, you know that the director clearly thinks that who, who also co-wrote it like thinks that this this lifestyle is so hollow and blah 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 and you're like yeah I mean sure but like I don't know like like do something with it like make something like satirical with it it, it it really like literally has the the intelligence of like a you know a, you know it's like a like a fourth grader going poopy poopy fart you know, piss, you know, you're just like, you're kind of like, okay, but and it,
1: yeah. think- it kind of sounds like the equivalent of like the, the annoying person you don't like in class. You just put a whoopee cushion on their chair and watch them sit on it. Like, yeah, which, which
0: again, I'm not saying it has to be like this insightful, but I mean, you know, like out of the, there's, there, I think that there's a way that you can kind of couch the satire in, in something that also is just kind of, um, you know making making fun of these life uh, this lifestyle without just kind of pointing out oh this doesn't this seem this is this seem shallow ha 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 you know i just and so like i can kind of see why i can see why people have like kind of somewhat responded to this positively i mean you know again mo- like most people don't really like rich people <laughs> so like watching them suffer through this whole thing is fine but at the same time like we talked about last week there's so many movies about this now that are kind of like positioning themselves as being this like really insight you know this really sparkling cultural critique and this like they're just not you know i mean i just kind of you know, it's it, it, I, I was thinking about it. You know, um, in 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 relation to to be or not to be, which we talked about last week. You know, that's a satire. It's making fun of the Nazis, and it's a satire. But it's not. You know, we, Andrew and I talked about this last week. Where, you know, if you look at like the kind of Nazi comedic satires, you have like The Great Dictator, and you have To Be or Not to Be, and you have The Producers. And The Great Dictator is very like Hitler hitler talks and dresses and acts funny isn't that weird um and uh the producers is very like let's just kind of let's like walk up to a to a nazi and just laugh in their face um and to be or not to be to me is the best one because it doesn't make fun of their ass necessarily like how they look or laughs in their face it like makes fun of like their like their ideology it like makes fun of how they view themselves inside which i think is just much more effective and like this one feels very like like walking up to the rich person and just laughing in their face and walking off and you just like that's fun for a while but like it's not like necessarily a satisfying experience and for something that's two and a half hours there wasn't much satisfying experience coming from triangle of sadness so not a big fan.
1: Yeah, that sounds just kind of annoying.
0: It was pretty annoying. Um, especially again, it's just so long that you're just like.
1: Yeah. I do feel like there has been a lot of movies like that have come out lately that have been like, yeah, the rich suck. Am I right? Like, even what was that movie? Um, where the lady marries into the rich family, oh, ready or but no. then, yeah. Um. And even Knives Out, too. I feel like there's just been a lot lately that has been like, yeah, aren't rich people annoying? Or uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I liked it. But there's I just feel like this is becoming a thing now. Um, well it's where everybody's trying to make this statement and it's like if every movie which takes like millions of dollars to make is making this statement like
0: well yeah you're just it's very Are you
1: patting yourselves on the back like well, it's, it, you know you know
0: you're just like you're kind of like well y'all are rich you're movie stars Yeah. <laughs> you know like Yeah
1: yeah like um, shut the fuck up a little bit.
0: Well and it's just kind of like I think again it, it's it's not really it's not really getting to the root of what is dislikable about him. It's just it's just kind of making fun of the aesthetic. It's making fun of like I say, like I think you could probably dig in and make a really cool like a really interesting social commentary on just like Instagram influencer culture and how hollow and shallow of a like thing it is. Um, but this one is more is more just, you know it, it's just, you know, here's this really hot girl who is not paying attention to anything is just kind of on her phone. Um and so I don't know. I I don't think people. I, I, I just think I think that we just there's a lot of there's a lot of struggle with making effective satires now. You know, it's just they you know Lubitsch ain't around anymore. He can't make them. Uh, you know, like like the movie we're going to talk about later. But I don't know. I'm just kind of it's it, it was just kind of a bummer. And I and I'm again I'm not opposed to these movies, but a lot of the movies that have come out lately have just not been. Not been entirely effective in my opinion because it's very much just kind of pointing at the screen and laughing and I'm like I'm not opposed to that, but like also if we're just gonna do that over and over and over again, it's gonna get boring so Triangle of Sadness, I think it's been playing in theaters and such around Um, It'll probably be streaming or something soon. Let me see. Let me see if it's on the old Streamers, it looks like it's on you can rent it on Amazon and voodoo and youtube and all those places so
1: but you don't recommend it
0: no yep see look at this i'm looking at they got top stories over here why do all eat the rich satires look the same now thank you i'm gonna i'm gonna save that for later (laughs) um anyway all right jess i'm gonna throw it over to you
1: all right well monday night i watched was it monday yeah, Monday night I think I watched Bullet Train. Um, so that's pretty hot off the press. Um it's on Netflix. Um, directed by David Leach. Leitch. Yeah, it's sure. the, um he's um, the, the,
0: the John Wick and Deadpool guy.
1: It's starring like just about every other famous person you know. It's like a seems like a deliberately like star studded cast but every most people are like barely in it um but just like to give you an example brad pitt is the main character um but joey king uh what is she known for like remote
0: she was in that she she's been in stuff i'm trying to th- she's been she
1: a lot of different she was things just in that
0: movie the princess with like it's the princess she's like she's the princess but she fights and you're like oh that's clever
1: yeah, I, just, I don't think that's what I know her from, but I feel like I've known her from something. But anyway, um, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Uh, who else? Oh, she was in
0: the kissing. I don't know what that is
1: either. Bad Bunny, the rapper, is in it for like ten minutes. Um, Sandra Bullock, Zazy Zazy Beats, Zazy Beats, Logan Lerman. Um. Anyway, so basically. It involves several different criminals all kind of on the same heist on a train in Tokyo that's headed towards Kyoto. Um, Brad Pitt is the character you follow, and he seems like he's like kind of a reformed, like a self actualized, reformed, non violent, but still gets into like criminal work uh, guy. So, Sandra Bullock, you end up finding out later. Sorry, this is kind of a spoiler that she's the voice in his ear uh, the whole time, Um, the one kind of, like, coaching him through what his mission is. But everybody, the several different criminals are all on this train trying to get this suitcase full of money. Um, And it's just kind of... Like, a series of unfortunate events, Brad Pitt's character thinks that he is unlucky. And you constantly see him, like, just, like, constantly evading near-death experiences. Um, but all the while, he's kind of, like, talking himself through every little experience. Like, he's trying to almost, like, therapize himself. So his character is always, like, saying, I'm hearing a lot of anger. and, And I don't know, like, shit like that, you know? Um... But then there's these two other assassin people who are also after um, the suitcase, and basically every character in the movie has like a backstory, and so the movie is like constantly taking you to these like flashbacks of every individual's backstory and why every ed- individual is after the suitcase or what their motivation is or like how they're connected to each other, and it's definitely like playing up this whole thing, like playing up this trope of. I don't know if almost kind of like Tarantino or like in like a Kill Bill kind of way where you have all these different pieces and you're kind of figuring out how they know each other. But in that way, it would compare to Tarantino. But I thought for this movie, it was like to me the script was so juvenile. Um, there was a lot of cussing, a lot of like fucks, and a lots of violence um, in the in each in the scenes. But the way that everybody talked to each other was just very juvenile to me. So a lot of times, it just felt really annoying to hear all like the characters, the way they were talking to each other, um, and the writing was like deliberately in this over-the-top kind of overly dramatic, overly tropey kind of thing. I, I would, I don't, I feel like it's got to be a satire on like action movies or maybe like. Japanese-inspired action movies like Quentin Tarantino, you know, has done. But the overly complicatedness of it it just felt kind of tedious to me, like, just going into the backstory and trying to remember how each of these characters are connected, Um, especially when a lot of the characters really just kind of got on my nerves. Um, But...
0: It seems very, like, tiring also to, like, be doing like unless you like edit it in like kind of an interesting way it seems very tiring to always be cutting away to people in their backstories
1: yeah yeah and and again you're kind of watching this like okay I'm just seeing this face the first time and then you're trying to like kind of remember and balance all of these like random people and every every one of these like backstory scenes again is kind of this like over dramatic overblown kind of silly thing um it's hard to describe like how like one guy they show him as part of like this whole like samurai crew and and you just see like them kind of like going through and like slicing everybody up but then it's like set in the modern era um and I don't, I'm don't, i not really describing it well but to me I don't know to me the movie was just kind of a little obnoxious um I wouldn't say that it's expected what happens. I definitely, I mean, it was interesting. I think that it, but it was also super long. I felt like I watched it for like three hours. Um, it's, it's it's just over two hours long. And I think that it could have been like a nice smooth 30 minute kind of movie and it would have been a little bit more palatable for me, but it was just kind of like long and overly detailed and, but fast too. just,
0: I don't know. Well, it's just like, I don't know. It's called bullet train. He's got a, he's got a suitcase on the train. Like just, just, just make it about that.
1: I mean, if you like kind of heist action twin Quentin Tarantino type movies, then maybe you would like it, but the writing to me is like nothing like a Tarantino movie and I guess I can confess that I you know, do sort of admire Tarantino I haven't watched his movies in a long time but I really did like them growing up uh, when I was first getting into movies I don't think that the script was anything to compare other than like maybe just the way that it's shot Um, that was the weakest part to me and it it took me so much out of it that I don't know well
0: this is the dude who did Deadpool too, so
1: well you think that's the thing is like I think on Netflix it was advertised as if you're a fan of Deadpool or uh, what was the other one that they compared it to Uh,
0: well let's see it's the guy he did um, well he used to do what's it what's the shoot people are on the on the Atomic
1: Blonde also Atomic
0: Blonde I mean, he worked on the first John, the first three John Wicks. He was the co director.
1: John Wick. John Wick. Yeah, it says if you like, like, John Wick and Deadpool, you'll love this. I like both those movies. I actually kind of do like Deadpool. I think the script is kind of fun in that, whereas (laughs) to me, it's just obnoxious in this. Excuse me. It's so juvenile.
0: He only did the first John Wick. He was the co director (laughs) on the first John Wick. Yeah. Well, the
1: action in John Wick is out of this world. Um,. I think, and the writing in Deadpool is funny. I just don't. I don't think it's funny. Oh, he also this.
0: did uh, the 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 Hobbs and I was gonna say Calvin and Hobbs. The Hobbs and Shaw. The the Jason Statham, uh, uh, Idris Elba, um, the Rock, a Fast and Furious spinoff. I don't know. I think I think the I think, the, the, I think this dude. You know, maybe hey, take a little break.
1: You know what? I think maybe I'm being a party pooper. The two people I was with really liked it. And as I'm kind of describing it, I think it sounds more interesting than it was to me when it actually played out. Um, but it's definitely got some twists and turns. It's definitely fast-paced. Um, it's, it's bullet train, folks. It's on Netflix. Check it out.
0: It's... P- Bull-train. It's bullet train folks. <laughs> like, it, like it's a like, like it's an it's Chinatown moment. It's a
1: bird, it's, it's a plane.
0: Stop, yes. It's, it's bullet, bullet train time. It's
1: on Netflix. Watch it if you want to. Oh, is it on Netflix on now? Netflix. So.
0: I might give it a look. Yeah. I was kind of. I mean,
1: do it, do it. You might like it more than me. Maybe I'm being a party pooper.
0: No, I've actually no, you're not because I've I've seen I've seen a number of reviews that were kind of like, again, it was like this like just. Why is this overly complicated? Just make a simple, like, Brad Pitt's on a bullet train and has to defend this package and fights people. Like, why does it have to be anyway?
1: And I've seen Brad Pitt in a Tarantino movie, and it was funny, but...
0: Multiple times. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, he's funny. I like Brad Pitt, too. And I thought his character was just... I didn't even recognize his voice. I don't i don't know. It was just odd to me. Didn't work. Right,
0: well, bullet train... It's just—it's bullet train. Check it. I mean, train, check Jess. it out,
1: man. Just, just watch it. You know, sit down, grab yourself a bowl of cereal, and
0: chill. No, it's bullet train. It's Jess. bullet train. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna go and do some plumbing with clune with old Clooney. Get Brown your plungers. After this. To episode 433 of Cinematary. In this part, we're going to be continuing our, or concluding actually, our Ernst Lubitsch series with 1946's uh, Clooney Brown, which is directed by Lubitsch from a script by Samuel Hoffenstein and Elizabeth Reinhardt. The film stars Jennifer Jones, Charles Boyer, Helen Walker, and Peter Lawford. To teach her to stay within her social station, Cluny Brown is sent by her plumber uncle to work as a parlor maid in the country house of Sir Henry Carmel and his wife, Alice. Brown soon's find- soon finds herself torn between her attraction to Adam Balinski, a political refugee staying as a house guest, and the prospect of a stable marriage with stuffy Jonathan Wilson, a chemist. Uh, John Cromwell was originally slated to direct the picture, but after the project was delayed due to Jennifer Jones' appearance in Duel in the Sun, Lubitsch, who was only the producer at the time, stepped in to direct. At this point, he had been taking a pause from directing after suffering from a series of heart attacks, and he ended up dying uh, about a year after this was released. Uh, Clooney Brown marked Jones' first assignment at 20th Century Fox under a joint agreement between Selznick and Fox, and also marked her first comedic role. Uh, Colony Brown is the product of a war- wartime sensibility, and war managed to sadden even the redoubtable Lubitsch. His beloved Berlin was in ruins, and with it the pre-war, pre-war world of elegant farce and decadent sexuality he had imported to Hollywood with his arrival in the 1920s. His Clooney Brown is an orphan, rootless, without home or family other than a gruff uncle, and she works as a maid. For Clooney, plumbing is the most sublime of pleasures. She is searching for a place to to wang away at the pipes with a big wrench, for she knows that when she has found such a place, she will be at home. For now, though, the search is fruitless. Quote, I'm an orphan, and I've never heard my, mom's, my mother snore, she says, with deep melancholy. And that is the voice of Ernst Lubitsch in a small epitaph for the death of laughter all across Europe in the winter of 1946. Uh, the New York Times in 1946 said, let... I- let it be noted, they, they typo their own story. Let it be noted at the uh, outset that Ernst Lubitsch has come up with a delectable and sprightly lampoon in Clooney Brown. And let it, be also know, let it be known also that from this vantage point, the offering is among the year's most delightful film comedies. And Variety in 1946 said, apart from its whammo entertainment and box office aspects, Clooney Brown can be recorded as glamorizing the first of a clan a lady plumber and a looker no less the kind for whom stopped up pipes are a pleasure imagine being horny for Cloney Brown the plumber in your review just throwing it out there um yeah I mean go shoot your shot I guess uh so Cloney Brown this is my second time watching it actually the first time I saw it was with you and Andrew um which I know is a is a Alva Swaff favorite?
1: Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorites. I absolutely adore this movie. I really th- like to be or not to be too, I just wasn't able to be on last week.
0: What 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 about Clooney, what do you like about Clooney Brown that makes it one of your favorites?
1: I love for me, one thing I love about it is the chemistry of her and uh what's it, Belinsky? Um They're just... They connect so instantly because they're such fucking weirdos. Like, he just immediately gets her. And when, like, nobody else around her, like, understands. Like, the weird little, like, quirkiness, like, like, eccentricities of her. Like, the way that she just doesn't really understand why she needs to inhibit herself or inhibit her feelings, like, to fit into other people's world's views. And, um or just like to fit into people's expectations. She just enjoys life. Like she's just so full of joy and gratitude. And like, she just appreciates things and she just says what she feels. And she's just so weird. Um, and he just like immediately sees that she's just genuine in a way that is really refreshing and, um, safe and like energizing. And he loves it about her immediately. Like he just loves her so quickly. And I think that that's, it's just so endearing. Um, but I love I love her, her joy and her energy and I, I think that like just every scene with her is a delight, but also hilarious. Like I, I fucking love the scene at the beginning of the movie when she gets drunk and she's just like, I feel chirpy. And then the script to me is just hilarious. Like I love how um, she's just like, you know, do you ever just feel something and you're just try your best to describe it? Sometimes you just have to come up with a word, but it makes complete sense to you. You're like, there's no other way. And then the guy's like, I don't think I've ever <laughs> felt chirrupy And then Valinsky replies, nope, and you never will. Like, he's like, you just, you're never going to get her. But I do. She makes so much sense and I love her. Um I, I just think she's just so silly. Or, like, just, yeah, her her acting is just ridiculous, too, when she's just like, now I've got that Persian cat feeling. Meow. Meow. <laughs> that scene is so fucking funny to me. Well,
0: that's what was crazy, that this was her first comedy role.
1: She's so goofball. I love her. Um, but, I mean, also, you know, speaking of movies that are, like, fuck the rich, right? I think that this just does this, does that. That whole trope has been done since the 40s and before that even. And this does it in such fucking fun uh, way, too, where you're just seeing, you know, like, the you know, Lubitsch is kind of speaking from his experiences, but trying to, like, take part in the joy and the laughter, you know, on the other side of it, while also showing just how, like, completely out of touch um, the family that they're staying with is that they, they, like all oh, the nazis i always wanted to meet one of those um um
0: oh it's well the whole movie like I, that's what especially the second time watching it i clued in on how i mean the movie not even just the rich the movie is a like the whole movie is a fuck you to the british like the yes. whole movie is a fuck you to the yes. british specifically it, it's clearly lubich is is lamenting them for you know, being sleepy and not immediately jumping into world war two. Um, like that's like, that's the whole thing. Like he's not even like making fun of like class systems. He's just making fun of how like lazy and sleepy and, uh, you know, not in touch the British were, um, you know, like, like you mentioned like, Oh, a Nazi. I would love to meet one, but like every conversation, you know, it's you have Balinsky who has, you know, escaped from, an, uh, from Nazi occupied space um, into into England, um, the whole you know the, you know even the, like the title card the title card's like it's a quiet afternoon in London in 1936. The the most important thing in town is the, you know this dinner is this cocktail party and, you know it's just it's constantly like. It literally, it's like, it's it's subtweeting before subtweeting was a thing. Like, this movie is a giant subtweet by Ernst Lubitsch saying, fuck you, British people.
1: Yeah, like, like, you guys are just obnoxious, subnoxious so You know, like, don't let people just be people. Um I, th- I think it's
0: well, and that, and you weren't, and you're not paying attention to like what's right. happening yes. around you. You're, you're just, you're just consumed in your own little space with your, with your gardens and your cocktail parties and your, you know, dinner parties and stuff. Like you don't know what the hell's happening to other people right, in the world. Exactly.
1: But I also like, like, you know, there's the scene with the, uh, the girlfriend Betty, uh, Betty Cream, and the, the, yeah. the, the honorable. honorable. <laughs> Look at me, like being so disrespectful over here.
0: It's the it's the honorable. I'm just bad body with
1: names. Group. There's too many names in my brain. Um, and what's her, what's the guy's name? Her boyfriend.
0: Andrew is the right. one whose house right. he goes to. I don't know the other yeah, dude.
1: Yeah, the other dude doesn't matter at all. But he's just going on and on about like all these things that are horrible with the world, and she's like, okay, cool. Like, what are you gonna do? What are what are we gonna do about it? Like, are you gonna go? join the army are you gonna and he's like he's like i'm gonna write a strongly worded email is basically what he says and it's like
0: okay yeah that's that's the best that's the first best shot they take is he's just like she's like he's like don't you know that the nazis are you know trampling all over europe and she's like what are you gonna do about it? he's like i'm gonna write a strongly worded you know opinion piece to the times you're like yeah that's all you're gonna do you're you're not gonna do shit so it's like
1: at the same time i i guess i kind of hear that too right like when there are just all this crazy crap going on around us like I can sit here and mope about it or like what what am I gonna do so sometimes all you can do is you know go enjoy your Wednesday afternoon off like Clooney does trying to find herself a little husband Um and
0: well that's what's nice about her and you know like Blinsky especially the character he's like a political refugee like he's very he's, he's been in the shit you know he understands so and, like, while they're, you know, kind of doing their, like, false qualifiers of, like, how, you know, how much they're going to get involved, or you have the people who aren't even paying attention, like, he's, like, I've been through it, like, it's it's an inevitable thing that you have to be aware of, and he's kind of like, well, I'm going to take my time now to just focus on, you know, Clooney, who's super entertaining to me, like, this is, a, this is the perfect elixir to all the shit that I've had to deal with up to this point.
1: They're just, they're adorable, um... I just, I, I just adore this movie. Every time I watch it, every scene, it's just so pleasant and lovely, and that's just so endearing. I don't know; it's hard to even just talk about. What do you think?
0: No, I love it. I just, I liked it even more the second time. You know, it. I love how, like, you know, on the surface, you know, like we've been talking about, like the kind of subtext to it, where he's or Lubitsch is getting angry at the British, but. um you know, like that's the subtext where the kind of core story that seems very innocuous to the rest of it is, you know, it's just kind of like this back and forth love story. Um, and especially once they get to the town and you add in, uh, what's his face, Jonathan Wilson, uh, the chemist, and you just kind of have that whole dichotomy between him and Clooney and, and kind of on the side, like, um, like God, like every all the scenes where she's like you know in the parlor or at the dinner party with the with him and his mother, um, are just great. Those are also just making fun of like how absurd British people are. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and she is just so pitiful, saying like like and actually enjoying it. You just sort of think to yourself like as she's listening to him play that music, like does she really genuinely? sit here and hear those noises and think, wow, I could really get used to this. <laughs> well,
0: that's, uh, like, I just laugh. He's, like, on, he's just, like, playing, he's just, like, rocking out to the instrument, you're like, man, this mood, this dude must be, like, drowning, drowning in some, in some girls, you know? Drowning. Because over there's, like, brrr.
1: I love also when Belinsky just, like, teases him with the door, just, like, over oh, and over gosh. and over again. He's such a nice little shit. I love that he does that so much. <laughs>
0: His, his whole thing is just every time he walks by the chemistry shop he just opens the door and shuts it and, and walks off, off and then Wilson like comes out he, how dare you how dare who is that um well and he's just such a like um he's just such a boring person like they have the scene where they're just kind of like walking around and like the only conversation they're really having he's just like I mentioned you to mother the, the other day and she's like oh was it good she didn't say anything which is a good sign <laughs> it's just...
1: i know i'd love that they like the whole role is just the woman just hacking up her whole entire like lungs just like, she never says a single word the whole movie she even coughs her candles
0: out. love it i also love that every time clooney is doing plumbing She's like immediately just like sw- like slapping the fucking pipe like like when she's at that dinner party at, she gets at so uh, into Jonathan's house like they're just sitting there in horror as she and the little kid they're just like sitting there just like slapping it, um and it works. What can you what can you deny? Um, no, I like it. It's, it I think it's 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 very you know this is the kind of movie that I like because it's the sly social commentary. But like I said, he he couches it with this very, you know, semi-innocuous story of just kind of like it's, you know, it's Belinsky's in love with Clooney Brown, but she doesn't realize it till like the very end type thing. Um, but, at the, you know, in the background, you kind of have all these other factors at play um, that are kind of moving. And so, like, I like it, too, because it's kind of like, yeah, like we were talking about before, like, you know, there's stuff that you can do to react, but... Right now, there's not much, you know, at least for for somebody like Blinsky, who's this political refugee, and Clooney, who's this orphan, who really just doesn't seem to have, like, this place of her own in the world. Like, all you can kind of do is just enjoy each other while you can, Um, and it's kind of sweet.
1: And I think, like, I guess, yeah, what's something so sweet about it to me is that, like, I don't know, it's like, there's so many... She, you just, I feel like you can't watch this movie and not love her and not just instantly think that she's just so fun and, and adorable, and like nobody, nobody cher- like cherishes that. Nobody sees what's nice about her except for him, you know.
0: Well, it's it's just that everybody's not, you know, again, everybody's not paying attention. They all they're they're all focused on just these very vapid, very uh, very silly, you know, whether it's a cocktail party or you know, the proper, the proper jacket to wear to the dinner or, you know, the process of the dinner, you know, like you think of the first time that she gets to the house and she's having dinner and uh, before, even before she sees Belinsky there, like, you know, she walks over with the mutton and goes to the, to the, the father. And is just kind of like, no, take this one. It's the better, it's the better piece. You should take this piece. And like,
1: even though they told her, never talk to them. Like, don't pretend like you're not there.
0: Today. Yeah, and it's, and then, and, you know, it's that, like that whole interaction is funny. Because, like, he's like, how dare she tell me what piece of button I should get? And then Balinski's like, well, is it a good piece? Did you like it? And he's like, yeah. He's yeah. like, what's the problem? But
1: well, yeah. show up. Right, yeah. It's like, everybody wants her to take up less space. Like, her, her, she, they want her to know her place, take up no space. Don't fall in um, line. Just, like, be not yeah, be neither seen nor heard. And like, even her family, her uncle gives her that like corny ass photo of him. Just basically like going like this. Um, and she's like, "Wow, I'll I'll like love you and miss you forever. And I'm like, why this guy is the worst to you? Like, because you hit a pipe one time, he's sending you away.
0: He's sending you to be a a parlor maid. Also the, the, uh, you know, pure comedy is that the, the, the head maid and the head uh, butler or whatever who just like are speaking like the most like in the most stereotypical English fashion and also are like kind of like pretty much flirting with each other constantly like there's like this like sexual tension between them that you're just like why is there so much sexual tension right here? Um, Yeah, it's... uh, That that part's also very funny. It, It reminds me a little bit of like some of the humor in like Paddington where the humor is like just how proper they're speaking. Like they're trying to like process this thing that, that is like very improper, you know, like whether it's Clooney messing up at the dinner or the scene after where Belinsky goes to a room and leaves and they're just kind of like, like there's something going on. Um, yeah, it's just. What
1: could she say? Like, thanks for coming over. It's man. It's just so nice to get a good bang, 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 and so like that. And then he just kind of like stands there for a minute. And he's like, "Fuck it," and then walks off, and, like knowing that she just looks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, she's just like you know, just like I, you know, she's super entertaining. He's 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 just like she's entertaining. I want to tell you.
1: Tell you, and I love like too because I've seen this. And Gaslight.
0: <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like both different sides of Charles Boyer.
1: Yes. Um, and it, it's, it's, oh, well, what's the girl's name in, in Gaslight?
0: Um, Paula. Ingrid Bergman.
1: Yeah. And the way, the way, like the whole movie, oh, so many times throughout the movie, he goes, Paula, Paula, like he's trying to like infanti infantilize her. And so he's such like a, such a shit in that movie. And he's so sinister and so it's so nice to see like him play this soft and loving side, but also just kind of also kind of got a little like chaotic, neutral, and like prankster in him too. Just kind of fucking with people, but just doing it in in a manipulative but ultimately good kind of way. Um, I love, I love the compares. Like I don't know, comparing him in those two roles. With yeah, them it's very it's mimicking. very
0: light and dark. And he's
1: really good, and I. I love that he nails both of those sides so well, but both are like kind of manipulative. Like I would say that his character in this is pretty manipulative too, um, but ultimately in a
0: good way. Well, in this one, he's he, he's a little minute, But in this one, it's interesting because he also like you know you we talk, we talk about people aren't paying attention to Clooney. People are also not paying attention to him because like you think of the first time he meets Andrew and his friend. Um, and Betty Cream, and they like completely don't let him talk or explain who he is. Um, and they're just
1: like, "We have to rescue you. Let us help you right now." And he's like, mm,
0: "He's just kind of, you know, well, sure. it, it's just kind of, it's it's making fun of like this this you know people who just kind of like pick up a cause type situation. Like they don't really have a firm understanding of." of what this person needs or if they need anything at all or what. They're just like, there's like, I have to, you know, I, I won't feel good about myself and you know, he, they're sitting there haggling over the, the 20 pounds and he's just, they're like, we couldn't, we couldn't bear it. If we knew you, if you, we knew you were leaving without taking 50 pounds. And he's just like, I'll take the 20 pounds. And if I ever need another 30 pounds, you'll be my first call. And they're like, thank you so much. Great man. Great man. <laughs> um, no, I think it's really, I think it's really subtly, it's so sly and subtle in how much it just kind of makes fun of not just the British, but like just kind of social norms. Like it just kind of makes fun of how how people are so in, like ingrained to act like they feel like they're supposed to act and how they're so, you know, inhibited by by that, that they can't see, you know, they're missing, they're missing, you know, everything, literally all this wild and crazy stuff around them because they're just so inhibited by this is the way I'm supposed to act, this is the life I'm supposed to live, you know, this is even like the kind of relationship between Andrew and Betty. It's like, it's like that's the thing, like, but b- by the end, it's just like literally, Belinsky's in there just like, it's just, just do it already, like, stop being so fucking stupid. Um, you know, it's just kind of. Uh, it's a great movie of kind of going. These are the rules. Like the Like look how boring and just um, uninspired these lives are. If you're just following the rules and the traditions, and, and you know when you could be like Clooney Brown and just kind of like doing whatever the hell comes to mind, fun
1: and and laughing and being just a silly silly Billy sometimes. Like you should you should be having fun. You should be sp- being silly. Um. And I don't know, I guess I just kind of see myself in her too, just this little person who's just kind of like bumbling around and, um, I don't know, bumping into stuff and laughing along the way sometimes, and I don't...
0: You're telling me that that Clooney Brown wouldn't be an amazing dinner party guest? Like, come on. (laughs) That's
1: right. She would make me laugh constantly. I don't know, guys. I just, I think she's just a lovely little character, um, I think.
0: Yeah. And it's one that I think, I mean, it's it's Lubitsch's last movie, but I think it's one that kind of gets, um, it's not as well known. I mean, it, it, I think it got a little bump when the Criterion Collection put a release out of it. But it's one that kind of... It's
1: a weird movie to describe, too. I keep telling people, yeah, I'm going to watch this movie called Clooney Brown. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, it's... Uh, about this girl in britain she wants to be a plumber but then she has to be a maid and then nobody wants to let her be a plumber and it's like what the fuck are you talking about about? yeah you just gotta see it you just gotta watch
0: it yeah and it's it's like i was thinking about after i finished it it's it's a very it's an easily rewatchable movie like it's a very brisk briskly paced like you could i could easily like watch it again because it's just kind of moves it's very entertaining the entire time it moves along but no it's just kind of it's even for him. It's very like you think of um, you think of like Trouble in Paradise. Uh, you know, to be or not to be. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of his movies from like the thirties that are a little bit more well known. This one's his last one, um, and it shows that even even though he dies the next year, like he's not missing a step. Um, I think it's just as like you talked about. It's just as sly and funny and subtle as um, as to be or not to be is. Um, it's just kind of a weird, it's a weird outlier for his career that I think, I don't know for people who are, who are either watching along or kind of interested in Ernst Lubitsch's movies. Um, I would check this one out. I think it's a good, it's a, it's, it's really a good like litmus test to see how much you want to be, how much, how much you can kind of, I think this is the kind of one, if you get Clooney Brown, you, you like really get Ernst Lubitsch.
1: Do you think that this is that this is the hardest movie to to swallow
0: by him? no I think it's I don't, maybe but, but maybe I think it, I think it like like I said before it's doing so much so subtly um that if you don't really get what's if you don't get what's go if you think it's just like I think I I feel like when it probably came out um, and people were watching it, it like they kind of just went oh it's this kind of like cute little romance movie like charles boyer he's known as this romantic lead you have jennifer jones etc cetera, etc cetera. it's ernst Lubitsch, um and it's just this very like smart movie about that that also is making this commentary on on like current events at the time um and uh And like, I think it just kind of, it kind of went over, not that it was so smart, but it's kind of went over people's heads also because it's, it's it's literally people are all kind of not thinking about maybe not cluing into what it's doing. Um, And so I think it's just, that's why it kind of just got forgotten for a long time because it's not, it's not like as overt with its satire as something like to be or not to be is. Um, But I think it's just as clever. Um, I think it's just as clever and really good. Unfortunately it's a little bit um it's not super accessible outside of Criterion. I watched I did watch a really nice um a really nice or pretty nice transfer of it on YouTube, which is available. But
1: we have a Blu-ray, I think, of it, but
0: mm. Yeah, you yeah. have the um the Criterion. No, I think next time I, I get some Criterion movies I'll have to put Clooney brown on i have to be or not to be but i'll have to add Clooney brown to the to the collection here watch some clune my
1: uh, it's my favorite i think of all of his movies um but i uh, of all the ones i've seen i haven't seen mm-hmm. movie by him. no he's made a lot he directed a lot
0: yeah if you have not if you have not seen uh like I said, if you've not seen Clooney Brown, it's on YouTube. There's a if you just you know just search Clooney Brown. There's a pretty solid transfer of it on there. Um, that's where I watched it. Or if you have a you know, it's not on the Criterion channel at the moment. But uh, but they usually they've done. I've seen them do like a Lubitsch set um, where they've put it in there. So it might be there also.
1: Or if you're a Criterion sale sale, person, you know, think about adding this or to a library
0: your list. something like that. So. All right, well, that will wrap up this episode of Cinematary. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com Cinematary, on Twitter and Instagram at handle at Cinematary, and on Letterboxd at letterboxd.com Cinematary, where we list all the movies that we talked about in this episode. Um, you can also support the show if you would like. Uh, head over to patreon.com slash thank you so much to our patrons cam chad Newsom, court uh, candace sisson ron hayes uh Teresa marsathi titus arthur and tyler chandler thank you so much for supporting the show uh next week we're going to be kicking off a couple a couple weeks of patreon picks so out of those patreon people um uh please uh you know, let us know if there's a movie, literally any movie that comes to your head that you want us to watch and talk about. Just let me know. Just send either, you know, send us something on Twitter or email or what have you, and let us know. Um, if you're not a pa-
1: especially if it's uh, a and Hat,
0: yeah. If, if it's something yeah. silly and dumb, like Romeo and Juliet. Um, no, not that.
1: Not
0: that. We've already not done that one, so then we can't do it again. Can't do it again. Um, do it
1: again. But uh,
0: God, I hate that it was so. But yeah, much. go to patreoncom slash You can literally just donate like a dollar. And then tell us what movie you want us to watch and we'll do that. So we're going to do probably two or three weeks of that before we do our best of the year. So if you want us to watch something something, something weird or wild or silly or just you're like, this is my favorite movie and I want somebody to talk about it, throw us a dollar at least and uh, we'll do it. So I'll be taking those, you know, send it to us on Twitter or uh, our email as Zach at Cinematary.com. Let us know. Be like, y'all should be watching this movie or not i don't care if, if if we don't get any submissions then uh we'll just like pick random stuff
1: mm, we're just gonna like get a list of every movie in the world and then just like put it on a wheel and then spin the wheel and
0: then yeah spin the wheel and then like have to throw a dart for yeah. whatever reason too and then when it lands and then it just finishes spinning and it's like Romeo and Juliet too and like, god, <laughs> god
1: damn it yeah, all the movies in all the world
0: yeah alright until next week thank y'all for listening we'll see you then